0: Hello! Welcome to Free Will Science and Religion. I'm Chandler Klebs and I'm here with George Ortega, David Joseph, and Trix Slattery. And our topic for today is about humans compared to other animals related to the free will thing. Because free will, as discussed, is usually talking about human will, human free will. Like there's always that word human attached to um, free will, um, that humans have a free will is what people have taught, but other animals don't. They're just biology and environment. They just go by instinct. And that's what I've heard all my life too, growing up, you know, that humans are special. They're different from every other animal in this way. And so perhaps we should examine this and examine, well, okay, prove it that humans are different than other animals how can you demonstrate that they're different than these other animals and even though all animals are different what they're claiming is that well humans have this ability of free choice or free will um that makes them responsible and credit or blameworthy for their actions even though we don't credit or blame other animals for what they do
1: and i think this ties into people um thinking that because they can rationalize and they can uh, think and do logic and, and other animals don't really have those capabilities, that somehow that puts them uh, on a level that allows them to have this free will ability, which is kind of uh, a, a bizarre thing and we have to get into, I think, a little bit when we talk about this.
0: Yeah, well, what's interesting is that some humans can't really think and rationalize It's all those things that they consider uniquely human i mean there's variations on intelligence and abilities between animals of the same species as well so i don't so what's interesting is i don't think somebody can look to certain features of well this animal can perform a task like math or compose music and use like you can't use that necessarily as um as some way of trying to prove
1: free will, because well, right. The, the question is how does how does do, you know having that ability, the ability to use logic or reason or whatever, how does that make someone more free um, than an animal, for example? And it re- does it doesn't really obviously we we would say it doesn't. But this is what we kind of got to get through to people is it, these um, these capabilities that humans have. Aren't really special capabilities that go above and beyond uh, what other animals have in regards well, to freedom.
2: What about what 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 about if someone said that um, human beings have have the uh, the ability to kind of think ahead a bit, and so they can kind of um, like make decisions for for tomorrow, like right now. Yeah. Right. So,
3: some some philosophers refer to intentions. That's how they frame it. But think, of, think about it, like whether we make a decision about the immediate present or about a week or a year from now, how does that, you know, how is extending into the future, you know, grant um, a special ability?
2: Well, I'm, yeah, it's probably not a special ability, but I'm not sure if, um, if there's any animal that can kind of think to oh, next week. Perhaps. But yeah. I don't know, because then you have animals like squirrels that, you know, don't they like... um they collect nuts and stuff, don't they?
0: That's a good right. example, David. They're co- they collect um, nuts, like they, a lot of animals collect food for the winter. Like they collect food, like ants do that, you know, uh, and bees do that, you know, their honey is their, is their food that's supposed to get up for the winter when there's not plants around. Um, so, yeah, you could say that a lot of other animals, um, Think and
1: plan ahead, so it's not like that's a human-only capability. Though people would probably um, categorize that as instinct, whereas they categorize people thinking ahead as actually thinking ahead, <laughs> actually de- you know, deliberating on um, a future event. So it, that's, it is slightly different. Um, the, the, the problem is neither really grant a, a higher level of freedom in regards to what a person is thinking, so but 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 that's where I think a lot of the confusion is lying is is the fact that um, people do have these cap these capacities that other animals don't have, and they somehow equate that to some higher capacity of freedom.
0: Yeah, and you know, Trick, maybe we need to go into that? Well, what is this instinct that people are talking about?
3: Well, actually, like. I think in, in the past, you know, the, the debate about humans was, you know, was our behavior the result of nature or nurture, you know, genetics or environment. And now we conclude that it's a combination. But I think more and more, I think we're concluding that much of the, um, of the behavior we formerly attributed to our upbringing, you know, how we were raised, our environment, is actually genetic. So this this instinctual um, component of humans is actually much more pronounced than, than we um thought, let's say, decades ago. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah a lot of a uh, lot of genetic facts are coming to light in regards to uh, behavioral science. So, um, I I think they still say that it's a combination of both. I think I think that's the consensus among scientists is that it's a it's a combination of genetics and environment that cause these things. Um, but that's a thing. It's not any more free with an environment. Cause than it is a genetic cause. So,
2: from, from from what I understand, genetics can give you the predisposition, but it will take an environmental trigger in order to kind of activate that predisposition.
1: Yeah, for some of them, like uh, you have um, where you have a gene that actually activates due to uh, the environmental conditions that cause the gene to activate. So,
3: and you could also make the case that like you know behaviors just as automatic as breathing are actually instinctual you know they're they're you know they, they don't require any any thought or intention i mean the the autonomic nervous system
0: yeah that's a good example there's all kinds of things that we don't consciously or intentionally do such as breathing and and farting and all, all kinds of um interesting things that we do that without even thinking about it and the in and the immune system that fights off diseases the the white blood cells and all that kind of neat stuff it, we don't have to think and plan and do the stuff intentionally because if because if
1: that was the case like we would forget to breathe like we would just forget to breathe and die yeah, well, I think that most people would say that those are the things that we don't do freely, whereas the other things are the things we do do freely. So, and in fact, I think they, a lot of people would say that, for example, children don't have free will, but then as you get older, you you get free will somehow um, because of the the reasoning capabilities or something like that. So I don't know. I don't know how how they get to these conclusions, but I think that's where a lot of it's stemming from. Well, what's interesting about it is, you know, George, he has a chapter and an episode about this, you
0: know, like asking when a child gains free will illuminates the problem. And it's like my favorite chapter of his book because it's just like, yeah, when does a child magically get this free will thing that people claim? Right, right. So what you were saying, Trick, is people have this idea like, okay, well, sir, there's some things that we're not free, some things that we don't choose, such as our breathing and our nervous system and all that. But then they, but so they have a, well, they have the things that we don't choose. But then they think there's another category of things that we do choose, and so they act like, yeah, they're separate categories. And so then I guess we kind of could use the um, George Ortega's two-step refutation, you know, like ask them to think of a choice they consider to be freely willed and then ask them if it was caused or uncaused?
3: I mean, that's, I mean, this is the big enigma, guys. I mean, like, you know, the refutation of free will couldn't be simpler. It couldn't, you know, in other words, like if things are caused, free will is impossible. If things are uncaused, Free free will is impossible. So almost kind of like a, a bigger mystery than like, you know, this whole free will thing is like how people don't get it. You know how people how academics PhDs people who have actually written books on on this topic just, you know, fail to appreciate this very powerful, simple explanation.
0: Yeah, I mean, it it couldn't be any simpler. I agree there because it's so I mean, it makes so much sense, you know, that if things are caused, there's a causal regression that goes back before you, you exist, you're conceived and anything. Um, but even if things are uncaused, then it doesn't matter when they happen. Um, they still mess up the idea that you caused an uncaused event. So you can't freely will an uncaused event either. Back on the
1: animal thing, uh, it would be kind of interesting to see like a poll of people that thought certain animals had free will. Like, uh, for example... Great apes that aren't humans, or or uh, dolphins, or anything like that. I, I would like to see that poll.
3: <laughs> you know what's interesting? Like for decades, for perhaps you know over a century, people have you know kind of like said, well, other animals don't have free will, but we do. And now I think like a few years ago, um, there was this this um, experiment. Cause they're they're trying to now go into the lab to demonstrate that in the lab they can like um, prove free will. So they actually this this experiment, you know, proposes that by some kind of mechanism I forget the exact you know whatever that somehow fruit flies have free will. I don't know if you guys have encountered that, you know. So oh, like, so they're they're basically going from like no no animals have free will to so like well even even fruit flies have it. I mean it's it's like. You know, it's just—it's a great irony how, like, you know, the the um the attempt to to save free will just kind of like would controvert their entire um, (laughs) you know, thinking about animals.
1: Yeah, I think I think I I saw—I didn't—I don't remember a fruit fly one, but I think I remember a worm one actually. I don't don't remember how how that went either, but. It was like, worms have free will. I was like, what? Yeah,
0: well, you know, what's interesting about this, guy is, is that there is a compatibilist, you know, who commented on my blog a, w- a while. And what's interesting is that um, he does stand by the idea. Since so he's using compatibilist free will, you know, no one's holding a gun to your head. Um, right. You know, basically free will. So, yeah, basically... You know, a tree has free will because it can, it can grow and
1: if and freely if no one's holding a gun to its head telling it to grow. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, a lot of a lot of compatibilists they just they contrive these. Uh, defin- I I have one uh, on my blog post right now that I'm kind of debating with. That's just contriving, you know, the, the typical. Oh, um, if you can rationalize, then you have free will. Uh, if if you're not constrained by like a gun to your head, type of force, then you have free will. So, and, and then I kind of, I kind of bring up the whole, well, what if you have a brain tumor, or what if you have a microchip that's controlling your, your, uh, what you want to do, and you do, then you do what you want to do, and that's where it kind of gets confusing, you know. So it's like eh, these type of well, uh, definitions are problematic.
3: About like if you drink, like let's say ten cups of coffee, or have like you know six bottles of beer or something. I mean like. You know, it's so simple, like the, the the kind of, you know, the things that we do on a daily basis that just shift our our reasoning, our thinking, our decisions. I mean, it really is part of our everyday life that all these, you know, environmental influences.
0: Yeah, it's, it's very interesting because you would like if you know anything about. About how alcohol, for example, or other drugs would affect someone's mood, and if you change someone's mood, you change their behavior. You change their it changes their thinking process. I mean, why does medicate? Why do people give people medication for depression? You know, um, it has an effect on your brain, and how it affects your brain will have an effect on your behavior on, on your thoughts. And so it's like this blows the traditional um, idea. Of free will, like that. At least I was taught this. Basically, well, your free will is contained in your spirit. It's not a part of your body, so it can choose freely, no matter what. Yeah, and animals don't have that that special. <laughs> yeah, and you know what, trick related to that, I was re- I was always really upset about that. You know, the whole if you're if you grow up in this idea though oh well, you humans go to go to heaven or hell. But well, these other animals, well, they just stop existing after they die because they don't have a soul or spirit. And I'm like, there was, there have been some people who have, who have left the faith over that issue. I'm not even yeah. kidding. There are some people who, who say, I'm not going to any afterlife if I can't take my dog with. You. <laughs> and so I always found that the most offensive to animals thing. You know, it's kind of a side note, but yeah, that there's still this idea because our topic is animals. This idea that there's a difference between humans, that they have something other animals don't.
3: And of course, even if, if they go there, that, you know, like, fine, we have a soul that animals don't have. That doesn't help free will either, you know, because like, you know, basically the soul would be subject to causality, you know, and, and we, didn't, we wouldn't have been able to have created our souls. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, again, like the, the distinction, you know, trying to distinct between us and other animals, it just, it doesn't help, yeah.
0: Yeah, and you know what's interesting about that, George, is that now some people, they just dismiss that and say, oh, there's no evidence of a soul or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. However, what I do is even though I dismiss the idea of a soul, I dismiss the idea of random a-causality – what I still like to do, and it's good for us to do, is even if it were true, it doesn't help their case for free will.
3: And again, so like, you know, going back to kind of like you know, the childhood thing, when does a child um, gain free will? Again, you know, the question with animals So like, yeah, so basically, um, you know, just as with the, the childhood, like when does a child gain free will? Historically, evolutionarily, you know, basically when did, you know, organisms evolved you know because we all evolved from single-celled organisms at what point during that timeline did we you know you know obtain this 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 extra quality called free will
1: yeah exactly yeah well that that's the thing like philosophers like Dennett and stuff like that say that you know uh, free will has evolved it's like there's this whole book freedom evolved right so so he thinks that that we've evolved the capacities to uh, have free will, but, but but it's a compatibilist definition that, that isn't, doesn't have anything to do with the feeling that people actually feel that they possess or the or what they're raised uh, believing. So,
0: Yeah, and that sounds like a very interesting book. So one of these days I plan to read Freedom Evolves. I already know I'm going to disagree with it, yeah, but the laughter I'm going to get from it, you know?
2: No, I was yeah. just going to say he, he he has a uh, he has a lecture on YouTube that you can uh, you can watch for free. So I mean, it's just as confusing as the book to me.
0: Maybe I'll just watch the lecture because it's a lot funnier hearing that guy talk.
3: <laughs> and, and and we should we should do an episode on that because a lot of times we're kind of like you know presenting our case for why free will can't exist. Whereas like a lot of times we should go on the offensive by simply attacking these nonsensical you know defenses like evolution. You know because like. I, I, you know, we could easily point to a to a statement or a paragraph where then it says, and this is where evolution, you know, allows for free will, which, which of course has to be completely nonsensical.
0: And you know what's really strange about it, George, is, you know, evolution is already a convoluted subject because there's so many misconceptions, you know, people talking about, you know, random mutations, which kind of throws people off. I still get the idea of natural selection. It's not that hard. But one thing I do understand is that it's all, it's all constrained by the survival. If you don't survive long enough to reproduce, then your species dies out. I mean, so basically the biology and environment is completely what evolution is about. The, the, there's causal explanations for why a certain creature had to evolve a certain way in order to adapt to an environment.
1: Yeah, and it's the yeah, people still confuse this whole idea of unpredictability as well. Like I, I just looked up uh, the fruit fly thing, George, and um, the first sentence of it, and this is in New Scientist, so it's a it's a scientific uh, magazine. Yeah. So it says fruit flies have free will, even when deprived of any sensory input to react to. The zigzags of their flight reveal an intrinsic, non-random, yet still unpredictable decision-making capacity. If evolution has furnished Humans with a similar capacity, this could resolve one of the long-standing puzzles of philosophy. So, so right there, they're basically saying that um, it's the unpredictability of the fruit flies that gives them free will. And this is a Scientific American, or not Scientific Uh, New Scientist. Scientist. Oh, that hurts, God. Oh man, this is so
0: sad. I mean, it's really sad for them to see some new scientist or whatever you said the name of that was. Uh, magazine saying that fruit flies have free will so then they're gonna say oh fruit flies have libertarian free will because you know they're they're not gonna read the article they're just gonna glance over it and it and ignore it some of them might read it but they're gonna think yeah fruit flies have libertarian free will and like uh but yeah, we it, gotta yeah. do an
3: episode on on predictability on how it's done whether something is either predictable or not it's still nonetheless causal so yeah
0: yeah, I mean for example, I had no idea earlier that um, Jamie was going to leave Skype and that was going to end the group call. I had no I there was no way I could have predicted that that was going to happen. But um but there's causal explanations, I'm sure. For example, Jamie told us that he was he was tired, so he 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 did, wasn't going to be part of our podcast, you know. But it's like just because I can't predict what like say George is going to email me before he emails me doesn't mean it's random doesn't mean it's not caused well duh
3: <laughs> I was at a meetup uh, yesterday it was like on on relativity <laughs> Einstein's relativity I think it's the hundred and fiftieth or hundredth anniversary of whatever the um, this general whatever and and like even these these physicists they 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 amazed me because like much of the the meeting was about like. Um, equations, and I, I, you know, it was like a foreign language to me, but these guys would argue, you know, for like this, this inherent unpredictability in nature, not, not recognizing that like, you know, it's really just a a matter of just like a limitation in our information. In other words, like, yeah, fine, we may never be able to get all the information for various reasons, but that doesn't mean that, that theoretically, in principle, things are not predictable you know, one would have to actually have all the information. But the other thing is just that they they, they equate unpredictability with um, with a causality, or at least with, with the opening for free will. And so, yeah, it's, it's another example of how, like, these academics who, I guess they're very specialized in their, like, these guys are mathematicians, basically. And so, like, it just doesn't allow them to... to Expand beyond that discipline to, to more basic understandings that are that are not math based. They're logic based
1: Yeah, especially relativity Einstein himself was like a hardcore determinist and he's the one that that derived these uh, These uh um, general and special relativity equations. So I don't know It's kind of bizarre that they would go there with that. But yeah, because it's, it's because of you know, they're they're unpredictable, but Einstein himself knew that that it has nothing to do with whether something is unpredictable. It has something it has to do with whether it's causal, so whether whether everything has a variable to it.
0: Right, and what's interesting about it, guys, is that the fact that we can predict so much is where we get the idea of cause and effect.
2: It, it almost sounds like a kind of God of the gaps argument, you know, kind of free will of the gaps, so to speak.
3: Absolutely, that's that's as much as they have. They say like you know. They they can't explain how free will can logically occur. So you're right. They say, well, maybe not everything is caused. You know, not 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 um, fully thinking it through.
1: Right. Or they just say that the, the unpredictability itself somehow grants free will, which that doesn't make any sense. They, they don't understand that that unpredictability has to do with a knowledge. It doesn't have to do with what actually is. So so it's it's, it's this conflation between. Um, epistemology and ontology it's a which which is the study of uh, knowledge compared to the study of uh, what is or what exists so and, and people conflate these two and me- mesh them together when in reality we're talking about what is what 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 um, what in fact is like if, when someone says I I have free will they're talking about what is they're not talking about what they believe or what they don't have knowledge of, so
0: yeah. And whenever somebody doesn't have knowledge of a certain thing, well, then they have the god of the gaps, the free will of the gaps, the a-causal randomness of the gaps, and they right. keep doing that because they're, what they basically have is a non-explanation,
1: <laughs> an explanation that doesn't explain anything. Right, and it's usually a lot logically incoherent explanation as well. So they don't recognize, they don't see the. The actual problem with what they're thinking, and they just see that they're, they're just, there's a gap there, so they're filling it even even with something illogical, basically.
0: Yeah, and one thing that's kind of interesting is that's like saying that you know, so, uh, okay, let's say that a baseball team is playing baseball, okay, and so the pitcher throws the um, the ball to the batter, and he um, doesn't. Know, he may not be able to predict whether or not the batter will hit the ball, um, but does that mean that that the hitting of the ball by the bat is uncaused?
2: <laughs> right,
0: right. That's about as sportsy as I'll ever get,
1: because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not into sports. <laughs> yeah. So animals, no free will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> basically i mean and, cause... and humans
3: are animals
1: <laughs>
0: and we're yes, also are... have to
3: address we'll have to address kind of like some people like either claim that free will was or is an emergent property that like we didn't have like you know the evolution thing or that some people may suggest that what well we don't have it now i've heard people say that like but if you become really enlightened you know, I actually heard MDs, two MDs who came to my meetup say this. You know, you actually can, like, obtain free will by becoming more enlightened. And, and I mean, my God, so we've got to address the, the idea that, like, we, will, we can never have free will. It's just, like, conceptually impossible.
1: Right. The more enlightened you become, the more you understand that, that free will is just logically incoherent. It doesn't make any sense, so... Yeah, and what's interesting is that the more knowledge you gain, the more constrained you are.
0: I mean mean, seriously because the more knowledge you have about the world – like sure, when you're a kid and you don't realize that cars can run you over, sure, you might run out out in the street when a car is coming, when you are not yet aware of that fact. But once you're aware of that fact, you are constrained against – Um, running out in front of a car because you don't want to get hurt and you are, you know that you'll become hurt. So the more knowledge you have, the more afraid you become of this world and there's more things you can't do anymore.
3: (laughs) That's a great point Chandler. And we can like apply that. I mean, nobody has free will, but like the older a person gets, the more experience that they will have had, you know, that formed their their memory data set and that the more powerfully, you know, all that stuff makes free, free will for them impossible. You know, for for the reasoning you said, you know, basically, if if we're processing more information, then that's going to like be more influences that that prohibit free will.
0: Exactly, because it's weird, because this idea that you're somehow more free because you attain more knowledge. Well, that's like that's like saying that you're that you can like because basically you lose certain beliefs. As soon as you gain knowledge that proves them false, basically, once it's been demonstrated that something isn't true, um, then you can't go back to believing something's true once you already know it's false. You know, it's kind of that's why people uh, don't like to look at evidence of things.
1: Yeah. And I think another thing is, is people look at um, when they have more options to choose from, like, say they have five options that they that they can choose from. They think that the more options you have, uh, the more free will you have, basically. <laughs> so I don't
0: know. That, and I, I don't, I don't get that one either because the options of the menu on a restaurant, for example, that's if you call that free will, guess what? That's not something in the person. That's right. something on the menu. You know, it's not. It's not. If you call it free will, it's a free will that's outside of the person that the
1: person doesn't have access to. Right, and, and, it, and it all stems to this, them thinking that they actually have the ability to choose any of those things on the menu. Like, th- that they could have chosen uh, <laughs> pizza when they've chosen something else on the menu. It's like- they can't choose unless they want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: well, okay, we're a little over 30 minutes, um, but do you think we covered, like, the difference between, like, you know, this supposed difference between humans and animals, basically? because i don't think that humans,
3: oh yeah absolutely yeah
1: yeah, so he, yeah i think it comes down to humans think they're special because of their their capacities to rationalize and their capacities to think and you know deliberate on options that are a little higher than animals so they, they that's what kind of confuses the i think the issue between the two
0: yeah so i think we we pretty much settled that we agree on that we're we're animals
2: <laughs> okay um, I, well, well I, I just wanted to add that I've been, um, I've been following a, uh, a dog attack recently in, uh, in the UK. And there seems to be almost like a 50-50 split, if you go by the comments, of people blaming the owner and people blaming the dog. So I think people in certain circumstances can kind of, uh, they can work out that there's no free will in a certain situation. But then I'm going to guess that most of the people who want to blame the owner probably think that they also have free will too so
0: now that is interesting David. i'm going to want to look into that about people blaming dogs and attributing free will to them (laughs) okay well i guess i'll end this um you've been listening to free will science and religion with chandler Clebs, george ortega david joseph and trick slattery and we came to the conclusion that we're all animals (laughs) bye (laughs) bye